And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic. Co-host Eric O'Flaherty. What's going on, Eric? Not much. How you holding up, Dave? I'm all right, man. I just finished running on the Embarcadero. So my knees are killing me and I didn't have time to shower. <laughs> Running on concrete. Not for me. Yeah, it's terrible, man. And you can't even run on the bike lane because there's people going about 90 miles an hour on the bike lane. So you're on the sidewalk, which is the worst, far worse than regular pavement for running. It's terrible. I feel like you'd fit in good in the CrossFit gym. Nah. <laughs> Might eventually have to fuck it. adapt. Yep. That'll get your heart rate up. But it's beautiful, though. It's on the water, you know, right on the piers. Gorgeous. I used to live down there. Huh? When I was oh, with Oakland. Did? Yeah, we lived uh, right down there. It was cool. Nice. This area is, since they built that Oracle Park, AT&T Park, Pac-Bell Park, <laughs> it's uh, booming. It was once industrial down here. Yeah. Not anymore. Well, anyway, on the cross, on the other side, on the East Bay last night, the Braves uh, opened a series before we get into Soroka, um, I wanted to ask you, is there anything to uh, playing a game on the East Coast, those dreaded Sunday night ESPN games? Uh, ESPN's the only reason that a team can get away with having to play or can be forced to play on a Sunday night and then play a day game on the other side of the country. Is there anything to that? Or is the travel the way that the teams do it, first class and all that? No, it Sunday? doesn't help at all. I mean, some maybe guys it helps can sleep a on a bit. plane. Other guys can't. So I can imagine some guys. You know, they didn't get into their hotel till three in the morning. Yeah, which means you go to sleep probably three thirty, three forty-five. Which was eight thirty East Coast time. Their bodies are on East Coast time, so it's about eight thirty in the morning. They played here at five local time in the afternoon. Yeah. So they got out there about two. The bus was at two. The first bus across the bridge and all that. No traffic yesterday, thank God. But. uh Memorial Day, but so what? It, what it, do you do? You think that there's something to that team's coming out flat when they have to do that? <laughs> yeah, I think especially for hitters too, because you're talking yeah. reaction time. But I mean, it's there's not really much you can do, especially when you're when you're changing time zones. It's hard enough. I think that I don't even know how it's allowed for that to be on the schedule because I think ESPN just gets to randomly choose too. Yeah, they do. So when it's originally scheduled, it's supposed to be a travel day. Right. You know, you're supposed to get out of there at four o'clock your time, five o'clock. Yeah. And get in the West Coast with plenty of time to grab some dinner. But the worst part about it, I mean, some guys can sleep on the plane, but the worst part about it is you still wake up at the same time. Yeah. You know, so if you've been getting up at say yeah, I got up at six this morning. And that's right. Way and you can't fall me. back asleep. There's nothing right. you can do. Because right. your that's your body clock set. So when you switch coast, it's hard enough. Then you get in at, at three AM on on the West Coast, you're waking up at five, six, seven. You try to fall back asleep. Um, 
It's really, uh, it's, it's brutal. I hated when we did that. And we used to yeah. try to email the league or get a change. It never does, but it definitely affects your reaction time for a hitter. And you're talking a guy throwing that guy, the second dude that came in yesterday is throwing 98 mile an hour sinkers. Yeah. That's hard enough to hit at a hundred percent. He was perfect for three innings, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Nine batters. Yeah. Got his first major league win. So, all right, I wanted to check with you on that because uh, there's different opinions on it because people say, yeah, they fly first class. They don't have to do anything, but but body is your, your body clock and your sleep patterns are. Erupted. Yeah, but when you fly red eye, you don't have to hit a fastball the next day. You yeah. know, it's like there's a huge difference in I can get through a day tired. Right. And right. I can hit. Like it, yeah, right. Right. Or me too. You know, we had a we had a shitty day yesterday. We were traveling and the baby woke up at 6 a.m. at the hotel we're all up, we're groggy, but I'm like, I just got to get through the day. Right. There's a huge difference just getting through the day and not complaining about it first trying to hit 98. Well, uh, it prob- I mean, because if people are looking for a reason how yesterday could happen, that that certainly could have contributed to it. Because the A's had lost 11 straight games and 14 <laughs> out of 15. In those 14 games, they had not scored more than three runs. They won seven to two yesterday. It was their largest margin of victory this season. Yeah. They are a terrible team. Terrible. They had 10 wins before yesterday. This team is on pace to lose about 130 games, like historically bad. I think that's the plan. Boy, they're bad. But they didn't look bad yesterday. <laughs> the dude starting out, but he was pretty good, actually, man. He was pretty good, yeah. I thought. Yeah, he had, he had good stuff, but I mean, it's again, it's hard to, it's hard to even gauge it because, yeah. you know, it's like when you've had a few drinks and you think you're making all this sense, and everybody, nobody around you's fooled, That's right? A good way of putting it. But you feel fine, and you're just getting through it. It's you feel like you should hit that pitch. You see it. You're looking for it, and your body just can't react in time. And yeah. that's what happens with a lot of guys. So it's hard to it's hard for me to even give a pitcher credit or yeah. anybody credit for playing well against a team that's you know it's a team full of zombies. You can drink all the coffee you want too; doesn't change anything. So that said, uh, Soroka, who flew out the night before, as starters do, that would have been a nightmare to fly out with the team after that night game. But uh, I was encouraged, and I thought the Braves really were. I thought, uh, I mean, regardless of the line, he gave up four runs, three of those on one swing on a on a home run that, uh, you know, they said he hung a changeup. I didn't think it was that bad a pitch. It was at the bottom of the strike zone. The guy went down and got it. But anyway, I thought his stuff looked pretty good, and I think he definitely can help this team going forward. For his first start in three years, I thought six yeah. innings, you know, and other than that one swing on that home run, you know, he had a ragged inning. Like that inning walked a couple guys. He hit a couple guys in his in his – six innings, but overall I was very encouraged. Yeah. How could you not be? I mean, for me, if, if I hadn't watched him and if I didn't know the story, if I kind of yeah. checked out of baseball, he looked the same to me. Yeah. He's throwing strikes. He had a low pitch count. I think he finished with 83 pitches through six. So he's on pace to go seven or eight. Um, a lot of quick, the thing that I saw First was he, were quick. Yeah. The, the thing that I saw was he was, when he missed with his sinker over the plate, there was a lot of times where they're just fouling it into the dirt. Yeah. So that tells me when you see an elevated sinker still get fouled straight down, it's got tight late life. So his sinker's really good. I thought his changeup was actually really good. And you could say he hung that one, but it's that's the thing about baseball is anytime you give up a a bad result on a pitch, it's a bad pitch. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you hung it if you give up a homer. But if he threw that exact same pitch and got a double play ball, right. the other guy's just a centimeter off of the swing. It's a great pitch. It's a perfect time to throw it. Right. right. But I, I thought he looked great. And uh, Sean Murphy said the same thing, you know, and he's not a guy given to hyperbole. He's a straight shooter, man. And he said, yeah, I thought it was awesome. He said, I hope he, he said, I hope he was, he felt good about that performance because he can really build off that. He said he should feel yeah. good about it. It was really impressive. So, I mean, his that's demeanor, a, his demeanor was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really good because you, I can't even imagine the nervousness you would feel after. Never mind if two uh, torn Achilles and any concerns about that, you know, he's obviously put that behind him because, but he's out there facing major league hitters for the first time in 34, over a thousand days between starts. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that moment when it becomes official, even for me, just missing one year with Tommy John. Mm -hmm. uh, I I came back in that same stadium. It felt like the world series to me and my adrenaline, my focus, everything was, was so high just from, I mean, you build up that moment in your head for years. And he yeah. thought he was going to get that moment last year and had to wait an extra year. And I've, I mean, I think I've said it before, but I don't know seriously that I could do it. I consider myself pretty tough, but I don't think, yeah, <laughs> I can't say with certainty that I could get through what he got through. The mental toughness, I don't think, I think a very small percentage of people could do that without just going, you know what? I don't think there's a good chance of me coming back and going through this. Let's just, uh, Let's just fix it for quality of life and do what I need to do to to repair it so I can walk. Yeah. To go through all the rehab again after all just doubt. going through it for a year. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like doing Tommy John coming back and, and then having to do a redo of Tommy John before you've actually pitched in a game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's I've seen so many guys just self-destruct in that. Right. Rehab cycle where their whole life falls apart, not just baseball. You know, yeah, I mean, Jake Berger, the dude from yeah. the White Sox, the other guy that had two Achilles, he had battle depression and stuff. He went through yeah. a lot of mental stuff. Well, there's no reward. You're putting all this work in and you don't see any reward. You know, it's like yeah. one, maybe every couple months you're, I feel a little faster. I feel a little quicker, but you don't, you don't know if it's going to work the whole time. That was, that's what was tough for me about Tommy John is I'm sitting there in a sling doing all this rehab every day. You don't even know if it's going to work. Am I going to come back and be the same? And I wasn't after the surgery, you know? I mean, those are things that are in your head. I talked to Charlie before the game yesterday, and he had a quote just about that, that, that same thing. Let me find this quote because it was a great quote. Here, here it was. He said, that's what a couple of people asked last night because they were talking about it, I guess, late night, the night, Sunday night, maybe on the plane. I'm not sure. Somebody said, what's it like coming back, you know, from a major injury? And Charlie said, and it's like, it's not the same. It's not even close to the same because when you have surgery, you have a goal and you have a time frame and you're hitting your milestones and you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And then to have that just go completely dark and it's like yeah. all over again. Yeah. I don't know how that feels. And, he and hearing everybody say, you know, it's right how hard it is to do and nobody's done it yet or no pitcher's done it yet. Right. I mean, you, you can't ignore all that. He said, being a major leaguer is something you grew up dreaming about and you work and practice. You compete against a ton of kids, then young adults, then adults who still have those dreams because there is a romantic side to a career in baseball. To have that taken away because your body fails you is frustrating. And then to have it just seem like you're never going to get back there. But he said, well, Michael's always had that inner drive and I never heard him say anything that made him sound like he had been defeated, just frustrated and hurt because the window we have isn't great. 
but the amount of time and effort and the amount of yourself you have to put into it, it's a lot. And then to have that seem like it was taken from him, betrayed by your own body. So, but he never gave that sense. He said he always seemed like he was just kind of rolling with the punches. He said, those are the type of people that are going to be okay, no matter what they do. But yeah. you still want to see the little kid, the dreamer in that person achieve what they wanted to achieve. Yeah, that's that pretty much sums it up. So that was a huge step back for him last night. Um, and uh, it's something he, he can obviously build on. And yeah, never mind the, the final line. Just that was momentous, man. To, yeah. to go that long to, and to come back. And uh, everybody felt good for him. Oh, and by the way, there was only about 8,000, 9,000 people there. But it was still obviously a three-deck stadium. So you're still, it's, no, it's not like pitching in the minor leagues. Well, it's and on TV too. You got TV, TV cameras. You got media before the game. Right. And there were pro- probably a couple of thousand Braves fans there. And they were kind of congregated by, by the visitors' dugout. And he got a standing ovation when he came off after the first inning and then again after the second inning. It was very cool. Yeah, it's going to be loud at home. Oh, my God. He said this is kind of a step towards that because he knows what it's going to be like. Yeah. I don't know I don't know that anybody knows exactly what it's going to be like because it's going to be maybe unprecedented at that stadium. It's going to be overwhelming. It's going to be well, a lot of people be. crying. Yeah. yeah. If I, I if, I, if I came back from that, I'd probably have to fight back tears on the mound, you know. And he—that's why I'm saying his demeanor was so steady throughout the entire game. Charlie Culberson said, because uh, I mentioned that, you know, what it's going to be overwhelming. I said, Freddie, Freddie's applause is not going to be anything compared to this. And he said, he said it was getting chills just thinking about that. And I said, there's going to be a lot of misty eyes in the crowd. And he goes, there's going to be some in the dugout too. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've gotten to watch it up close, you know. I mean, you and you see your teammates, you know, you know each other pretty well. You see when somebody's having a hard time. Yeah. You know, and it's it's something that you could try to fake and say the right things. And I think it's easier to do for a, a 30 second interview, right? When, when the right. camera's in front of you, but day in, day out, walking around that clubhouse, watching all your teammates get to play, and you're on day like 1000 of rehab or whatever it was for them. Yeah. It's hard to keep your head up through that whole time. So they've seen his ups and downs. Yeah, he said it was so weird going out there because he's got there's a lot of people on this team that he's gotten to know for over two years that he's never, never been able to with. pitch for, you know? Yeah. He's just been around all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So Nobody seems- wants to be that guy either, the guy that's yeah. just around. You know, you you get to know these guys, you want to go out and compete with them. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
So anyway, it was a 4-2 game after uh, Matt Olson hit his third home run in two days. He's this guy's really hitting his stride right now. Um, it was a, but that was in the eighth, and then Lukey came in and really had another terrible outing. Lukey is, uh, I don't know what's going on with him, man, but he's not the same guy that he was with the Yankees the last couple of years. That's for sure. ZRA is over ten now, and uh, he's just really struggled, man. Came back from the IL and really hasn't has not found any kind of a rhythm or anything. So. They need him because they need somebody. They got Dylan Lee. They're really feeling that guy's absence, man. He was we're seeing oh, how critical yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he threw so many. He did it so quietly, but he threw so many big innings and and got so many big outs that you know that's when a lot of games unravel. Down one, mm-hmm. down two, or you know, second and third in the sixth, seventh inning. You know, those those situations yeah. decide the game just as much. And usually, the closer gets all the credit, but. Your teammates know how important you are when you're in that role. Yeah, because Mentor was struggling some, and then but Dylan Lee was picking up a lot of that slack. Now you've got Mentor, you know, still really inconsistent, and Dylan Lee's been hurt. I mean, where would they be without uh, a couple of guys like Chavez, yeah. who's been tremendous, and Tonkin obviously had quite a run there, but he's had a couple of bad outings. So anyway, the bullpen is a little bit sketchy lately, and they really need some guys to get healthy. And you know that. It, We've seen it happen. You wonder how long they can pick up the slack because earlier they had they had not three bullpen games in nine days. Yep, which is a hell of a lot. You had a couple of guys get hurt. You had a couple of uh, early on those rookies were only going about four innings in their start, so you were picking up a lot of innings. And I think they're showing wear and tear early on. They're going to have to get a, a second win, which they can obviously do. It's just going to take yeah. some doing, some health. It's really easy to pick up. A bunch of innings in April, you know, early May. But, yeah, it does catch up with you, you know, once you start having to warm up and go back to back and and your season kind of starts – you just start picking up a lot of innings and a lot of throws. Um, Early on, you're out of spring training. You've been – when you're in spring training, you get two days off, then you pitch again. Two days off, you pitch again. So on those two days, you're never going high effort. During the season, you know, especially if the bullpen's struggling a little bit or having it at bullpen games, you're warming up all the damn time. So, yeah, they, for me, that's why Soroka coming back so big because he was at 83 pitches through six yesterday. I don't know what his pitch count's been in the minor leagues, but if he gets up to 100, he can easily, even if he's not super, super dominant, which I think he will be eventually this season, um, just eating innings. Like, he doesn't get rattled. And yeah. he, he's, he has that sinker where he can have low pitch count innings, like Elder, you know? Right. Yeah, and Soroka went with uh, 90 pitches, seven innings his last AAA start. So he's built to that level now. And I would only I would only expect him to get better as we go forward. I know it was against the A's and all that and people, but never mind that. Just it was his first start and to get yeah. through that was that was impressive. Yeah. Take out the home run. You can't do that, but he got that big double play, I thought, when the bases were loaded. That was huge. And I thought that's the kind of thing he does, you know. Yep. Ground ball guy, tons of ground balls. Uh, Rosario did save another home run with a beautiful catch, but, uh, yep. yeah, all in all, all in all good stuff. I thought, uh, and then yeah, Blackburn, getting that first Urseg one out of the way is big. Yeah. Urseg just tore through the Braves though. in innings five through seven. Now, they brought in, they brought in that, the dude that Olsen hit the home run off too. I mean, he was throwing a hundred. Yeah. 
They have some good arms out of the pen there yeah. late, man. I, I don't know how every team has a guy, it seems like, throwing 100 miles an hour with a 7 ERA. I'm like, man, if you gave me that thing, I guess it's a different game now, but it can't be yeah. that hard to get out to the 100. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, this weekend. A couple of things that happened around baseball. Because we've talked about this, how the game's changed, obviously. And our own, on our own views of this have changed about uh, being cocky, flamboyant, blah, 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 all that stuff. We've, we've adapted along with the game, I think, to a certain degree. But, uh, you know, the funny thing, the irony is that I, 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 I have been critical sometimes of guys, uh, of guys uh, doing stuff that maybe they deserve to get thrown at because of it. But at the same time, when I was a kid, my favorite players were the, were the most yeah. cockiest guys like Reggie Jackson. So I don't yeah. know if that makes me a hypocrite or not. But anyway, I've changed. Over the years, and I thought that this weekend there were a couple examples. Yesterday, Strowman, by the way, that dude, I've not been a big Strowman fan, but he's having a terrific year. And he almost threw a no-hitter yesterday, man. But did you see the antics he's had the last couple of starts, what he's doing? I think most of it is because that's how he jacks himself up. That is yeah. what he does to get going. Kind of like Acuna. They're not the same player if they don't show that you know the energy and the cockiness and all that. I think it, I think he almost needs that. He has to get excited. But somebody said as long as he doesn't like point to the dugout like he was doing with the Mets. Um, I don't know, man. As a pitcher, for a pitcher, I don't even know if I have a problem with that because I'm like, you're bringing it on yourself. Anything mm-hmm. that happens, you deserve it. So if you're yep. willing to go out there on that limb and say, I'm such a badass, I will point at you, and you can come out and try to get me. Try to go up there and take me deep, and then you can point to me and laugh at me or whatever. If you want to do it, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I have a problem with it, if that's what you need yeah. to do. I know it's well, crossing borders, the, crossing the line. Yeah, for me, all of it's just, you know, I'm, I'm out of the game. So I'm not going to get worked up on my couch. Right. Uh, whatever. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not policing the game anymore. I'm not in charge of any young guys. Yeah. If the players are cool with it, it's cool with me. Yeah. You know, and it seems like everybody's just kind of accepted it. And, and it's a good point you make about there's certain guys that need the up to up the ante. That's yeah. where they thrive. They, they need to have an enemy. And I feel like, you know, Stroman's got his haters or whatever he thinks he has. And, and that's just works for him. Fine. Yeah. I don't like it, but it doesn't matter what I think. Right. You know, I mean, if it would probably drive me crazy if I was on the other team and the guy's doing it because it fucking sucks to lose. And maybe and that it, works when it yeah. does drive the other team crazy. Maybe you yeah. get so you so obsessed with him, yep. you know, that you lose focus. Maybe he maybe maybe knows what he's doing, you know. Yeah. But I think Chipper said it bad. Chipper told me one time, you know, the game polices itself. Yep. That's what happens. Some guys yeah. get thrown out. And everybody bitches, and you can't do that. No throwing. The game polices itself, and that's not going to change. The game, it might change as far as the antics that are a lot more allowed these days. Yeah. But there's always going to be those people that are pissed off by it, and, the, and they're going to they're gonna take matters into their own hands. So the game polices itself, and that's not changed, yep. even though the game itself has changed, and guys are doing a lot of stuff they didn't used to do. It's not like you yeah. just do whatever you want. This isn't just, uh, you know. This isn't the uh, WWE here, yeah. but well, and I think you know, I think it's it's a bad look to trash a former team. You know, I mean, generally the guys that do that aren't aren't right. guys and, that and I got along with or liked. But um, 
whatever. You know, he's not he's not my cup of tea, but whatever. You know, it's like it doesn't it's it's not a big deal to me either way. I let the the Mets have a problem with it. I'll let them handle it. And if he had a problem with them, there's got to be a reason, right? No, those guys aren't always right, to be honest with you. Right, but he's pissed if they didn't try to resign him or didn't make him an offer or whatever. But anyway. They're um, not always right. I'll say that. I'm not a Stroman fan, but I will give him props because he's having a hell of a year, man. That was quite a performance yesterday. The other one is Tatis. I'm not a big Tatis fan either, but but I understand why people are because he's flamboyant. He's fun to watch. He's so good. He's exciting. He's damn good. Yeah. I love uh, watching his talent. Yeah. And and I'm and I, you know, the steroid thing really turned me off because I don't know how much of it is real and how much of it is, you know, yep. but can't appreciate a guy stuff. after that. Right. I mean that that that's terrible that guys when that happens, because I think his talent, he didn't need to do the steroids. That's the problem, <laughs> you know. Um, but he's having a hell of a year now, even though his OBP is under three hundred. He's not anywhere near what he was before, but he's still, you see the glimpses of it. But what I wanted to talk about was how he's handling this, getting booed mercilessly everywhere. So when you get booed everywhere, you're going to get booed the most at Yankee stadium, probably, you know, and what was he doing? It's like, you could do nothing. You could totally ignore them. And Altuve's done that. You could totally ignore them. Or you can go the complete opposite direction, which is what he's doing. He's like going to the crowd, looking at them at Yankee Stadium and going, let's go. And I don't have a problem with that, man, because I'm like, what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to just be quiet and hope that they they get tired of doing it? I think the fact that um, we've seen it at an Atlanta over the years, Bryce Harper has become public yeah. enemy number one. And he cemented that status. First, he did it because he's just, you know, the whole Bryce Harper when he was a young player coming up, when he was in his first few years seasons, he just had the hair with the hair and everything. And and uh, it just he looked cocky out there, right? Yeah. Kind of like a young chipper. And then he cemented that status when he walked across the uh, logo at Turner Field, scraped yeah. his cleat across it, which was like, whoa, what are you doing, dude? I mean, that was just like yeah. a slap in the face, right? So he cemented his status. Well, to, he's changed over the years. He no longer really does anything like that yeah. to, to cause that. He but doesn't. Everybody still he, hates him. <laughs> and everybody still hates him. So he totally <laughs> ignores it. And he's, yeah. you know, and they boo him like crazy at Turner Field every time he comes up. He could hit a home run, he could strike out. They just keep booing him. So it's like, okay, you're going to do it, do it that way, or are you going to do it like Tatis and like revel in it? I don't know. You might have a better chance of shutting them up if you just keep doing this because they might be like, oh, whatever. He's not even he's not they're even not, They're not shutting up either way. Yeah. Yeah, like they're so, doing that no matter what. Um, I For me, I never – like if you warmed up in the Philly bullpen, in the San Francisco bullpen, Oakland bullpen, Seattle bullpens, you're 10 feet from the fans. They know you can hear yeah. you. They're talking shit. Um but Oakland's I just on the field, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to up the ante. Yeah, I didn't want. I was nervous enough and had enough pressure on myself. I didn't need to add any, right? Because if I talk shit to the fans and say, "Watch this," then go up, give up right. a three spot, I'm giving them so much joy with my failure, and my failure is going to hurt the same, right? I mean, it, it's painful enough to suck in the big leagues, and for me, it was just I didn't want to be distracted and interacting with this. But you know, hat tip to the guys that can. If you yeah. can, if you can egg on the Yankee Stadium crowd and then go yeah. to Homer, you got if big you balls. If you have that much confidence you. in yourself, yeah. yeah, and guys do. It, it always blew my mind how much confidence guys had. Yeah, there'd be guys that were hitting two ten, and they're telling you, "I'm going to be an all star," like Josh Donaldson. 
Josh Donaldson was saying he was going to be an all-star when he was hitting 210 and AAA. Eventually it came to fruition and he was. I mean, he was everything he said he was. Yeah. But to to be loudmouth and talking that and saying it all, just the way the energy that you absorb from people when they want you to fail like that and they know what you've said. Yeah. I just I didn't need that. That I had enough pressure on myself, but some guys can thrive with it. And if they can, then good for them. I think the ones the only ones that really can thrive are the special, special, Very special. athletes. Yeah. Yeah. And Acuna a, could do it. Acuna could do it. He goes yep. into a visiting park and does the whole silencer thing, does all the antics. And he's like, he knows it would be easier for him just to run the trot the bases. But instead, he does like four things of going around the bases to egg the crowd on. Because it, it's just, I think it, I think he feeds off of that. I think he does too. That's his you personality. Know? And to the Braves' credit, they haven't reined it in because why would you? I mean, he's producing. Yeah. Look at him now. Look at him right now. Yeah. No, you don't touch him. Yeah. And I mean, he's a really good example for me is I admire his skill as a player so much. And you learn to love your own, you know? Right. So right. whatever he does, it's like whatever he's got to do. When he's your teammate, he's doing that. You're backing it up. Now, if he's hitting 210 right. and he's been up and down AAA and comes up and starts doing that, somebody's going to tell him, hey, like, right. cool cool out until you actually start backing it up. But that's for me, that's the whole thing is you have to back it up if you're going to act like that. Right. And there's just a select group of guys that can do that. Yeah. And the select group of guys that need more pressure. <laughs> I didn't need, I didn't need an, an ounce of extra pressure when I was playing because the game was enough for me. It was hard enough for me. I was good, but I wasn't. I mean, it. If things had to go right, you know. So if I, if I gave myself a reason to to fear failure more, or uh, you know, have the failure mean more, it was like it's just more pressure, and, and you're just yeah. more likely to crack. But the guys that are just uber talented like that, that can feed off of it and go and and they need it, yeah. Then that's that's who they got to be, and yeah. I, that's like with Stroman. I think that's just what he needs. He needs to have somebody. He needs to have an enemy. Yeah, going back to when I was a kid, talking about my favorite players, Reggie Jackson, Dave yeah. Parker. They were like that, you know? You know, to to the degree for that time, they were every bit for that time as flamboyant as these guys now. And somebody said, uh, uh, well, I can't say his name. Well, he says, fuck Bill Gates is his name. P-H-U-C-K, <laughs> Bill Gates, <laughs> says, Barry Bonds did it better than anyone. He he certainly did. And he, as Barry said, because he got booed everywhere, obviously, and as he said one time, they don't boo. They don't boo uh, average players. No, he was right about that. And Ken Griffey used to get booed. Yeah, you know? and that was my favorite player growing up. So I mean, it's just like you said; those are Chipper used to get booed everywhere. I think I had that realization too in the last five or ten years. How good it is for the game for growing the game. Yeah, this is what the kids want, and all the let the right. kids play stuff. But right. I will say. If a pitcher wants to do the same shit hitters are doing, and I've been waiting for it to happen, it just doesn't right. really. Because hitters get mad about a fist pump and a yell. Right. But they can throw their bat in the air and walk halfway to first base. If a pitcher wanted to do that, I mean, there's so much more success and opportunity for a pitcher to just be a complete asshole out there. And I and guess guys have just been the bigger people. But they see Strowman's little dance he did when he was mm-hmm. walking across the mound. Oh, he did a little thing. It was yeah, it was funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he might be the closest guy to doing that right now of, of mm-hmm. a pitcher of doing the, doing those kind of antics. Because, um, and I said people boo Chipper, but in Chipper's case, it wasn't doing a bunch of antics. It was just, just so that he good. so cocky looking, just the way yeah. he, he he knew he was great and he carried himself even when he was twenty one, two years old. He carried yeah. himself like that, like, you know, 
I'm, I'm the best guy or I don't care what you think of me, you know? <laughs> and he just had that air about him. And so yeah. if you weren't – all the other teams, he was the guy they, they targeted and hated because he was so good. But on your team, he's your favorite player. Most people's favorite player. One of those, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'd love Chipper growing up. But he wasn't in my division. You know, I mean, I was an American right. fan. Yeah, so he didn't destroy your team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, – yeah, the Braves got five more games out here on the West Coast. It's going to be interesting to see what they how they play today after they get the sleep uh, out of their eyes and uh, have a normal night here. I would uh, I would expect them to win the next two here, and then they go to Arizona. Arizona's playing pretty good, man. They got a pretty decent team, so that's yep. not going to be the cakewalk that you might have thought. You know, when you looked at the schedule early on, so uh, Braves haven't fared well on West Coast in the past, but they have in recent years. So we'll see. They they need to get they need to have a winning trip then go home and uh because the Mets are right there. I Mets fortunately for them, the Mets have lost like four out of six and they got all kinds of issues themselves. So uh this little this little stretch of that the Braves have been less than scintillating, they really haven't lost a whole lot on their lead. They were up seven and a half. I think they're still up what, four and a half, five and a half? Yeah. So, they're not clean. saying that in the clubhouse, so they know where they're at. They know they gotta clean it up. And right. I mean, yesterday for me is you know, I can't fault them at all for losing that game. And right. you can lose to any team at any time in baseball, but you make that combination of like three hours of shitty sleep. And I think, you know, another big thing that happens on the West Coast, at least for me, was the climate change. It, yep. it was you go from and it total. takes it takes five or six throws to start sweating in Atlanta. You go out on the West Coast and it's what was it, sixty eight in, in Oakland yesterday? It's it's in the sixties or low seventies. Low sixties. Low, low 60s. humidity. Yeah, you can't get a sweat going. I mean, for to try to adapt to that overnight, and it's it's the same going from the west coast to the east coast. When you go to the east coast and it's yeah. humid, you feel like you're playing underwater. But yeah. that that change for me was always really difficult. I hated west coast trips when I was with Atlanta. It's about twenty degrees difference right now here. Yeah, it's like about sixty, sixty-two. Yeah, um, and yeah, you're on that on the water. Yeah, low humidity. It's just very different. Very different climate. Completely yeah. different climate. Feels like early or late season back in Atlanta. Yeah, when you're out here, um, the lead down is down to four games, by the way. But the second place team isn't the Mets. It's the Marlins. Really? Everybody thought Mets, Phillies, Braves. Well, Marlins are four games back. They're still over 500, or they're back over 500, 28 and 26. And uh, they have a. Uh, it's it's crazy the Braves' home record fifteen and fourteen. It, 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 the Marlins have a better home record than the Braves. Marlins are fourteen eleven at home. The Braves have been great on the road, but uh, despite last Miami's time. almost like a Vegas advantage though. There's a lot of temptation there. You know, I think and it's always been that way in basketball too in the NBA. Yeah, but so they're four games back. Mets are five games back. The Phillies are having a ve- they're very disappointing year so far. They're six and a half back, twenty five and twenty eight. But we saw the Phillies. We don't have to look. We don't have to look very far, far in the past to see the Phillies uh, get hot at the right time. They went yeah. to the World Series last year, and they were basically having this this type of year last year. So we'll see. But there's a whole lot. We're only one third of the way through. Yep, guys. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Marcelo Zuna, by the way, has got two days left in this month, and this guy has had just a complete turnaround, complete. Uh, everybody that gave up on him and after that horrible uh, April. Yep. Uh, and then you thought, you know, he's only done it four or five games when he had started out May so so great. Well, he's kept it up the whole month, and, and Snit has used him in the right way. He's played like 22 games, but uh, – if you played a few more games, I think you'd be a candidate, for, a real solid candidate for player of the month in the NL. But there's a couple other guys that are right there with him, and they've played about five more games than him this month. So the counting stats are a little higher. But um, if, if, if he had not had the month that he had, I mean, he's been huge for the Braves this month because they had a couple other guys that have not gotten going, and, and Ozzy has been so uh, – Night and day with the lefty-righty thing this year. Those yeah. splits this year have been so magnified. So, I mean, when he's batting righty, he's put up great numbers, but majority of games are against against righty, so he's batting lefty. But uh, And Austin Riley, you know, shows flashes. He got a good – last week he had a real good stretch going, but for the month he hasn't had a good month. So, Ozuna is really <laughs> – I mean, he did yeah. it at the right time because they needed him to help the offense keep afloat like it has. My money wasn't on him carrying the team after that first month, but I mean, it's, it's hard not to trust the front office. You know, I mean, there's things that you see pregame or guys working on and, and you know, they're close. And, you know, I mean, for me, it would have been pretty tempting to, <laughs> to pull the plug in April, you know, I mean, to have an emotional reaction or just get sick of it. And especially on top of that, you have all the yep. fans booing him, but yep. they know what they're doing and they were patient and it paid off. Yeah. Alex, you know, is not, as we've seen time and time again, he just does It's not that he doesn't care what the fans think, because he does, but he never makes decisions based on what the public opinion is. Never. Yeah. And that uh, has, nine times out of ten, that has really paid off for him, to not get caught up in the in the reaction. Cause I just, think I, I text you, what, like late April, and I yeah. said, I said, shit, it might be time. Yeah, you, th- you said it might be time. Right? I mean, at the worst time sure possible. And, and how bad do you look if – you know, whatever he changed or oh whatever he's working on, or if it's just random. I mean, if you would have gotten rid of him then, and he goes and, he's and does doing, this, and he's doing for this Mets. for another team, and and for while you're paying him his full salary, other mm-hmm. than the major league minimum, yeah, you would have had so much egg on your face. And we talked about this because you kept him through the domestic violence thing, you kept him after the the uh, uh, the DUI. So then, if you would have got rid of him now. You would have lost that moral ground, uh, which 
you you could have dumped him after either of those two incidents. And no then if he'd, have, if he'd have hit great, you still could have just said, we just didn't want that on our team. But yeah. you kept him through that. <laughs> yeah. So if Whereas you dumped him down, strictly about money, <laughs> strictly about performance and money. Yeah. So then he goes somewhere else, and you can't even take the high ground. Said we did got rid of him because of off the field stuff. Yeah. So it would have been the worst of all scenarios if they'd have dumped him when everybody wanted him to, and he's out hitting for somebody else like this. Um, yeah, for the month of May, OPS leaders brace Ozuna thousand sixty six, Murphy nine sixty three. I keep waiting for Murphy to cool off, but. I think uh, Darno coming back has helped Murphy continue this thing going because he's not playing out there every day. It's not getting worn down. Um, yeah. Acuna, 950. Olsen, 890. This is for May. Riley, 814. Arcea, 776. And Albie, 730. And Harris, Michael Harris, still hadn't gotten going. He had a couple of good games last week. He thought he'd turn the corner. We'll see where he is on this trip, but he's at 540 for the month. Uh, the home run leaders for the month, Ozuna and Olsen, nine apiece. Uh, Acuna, seven. RBIs, Murphy 22, Ozuna 20, Olsen 17. Acuna was 16. That's your leadoff guy, man, who's yeah. leading the ma- uh, the league in stolen bases. Well, there's got, one, got one guy in the American League that has more than him, and he's playing for the A's. But it right. was funny to look at his stats. You know, the stats you'd expect from a guy leading the league in stolen right. bases, hitting about 260, you I was know, looking with at, one homer. I was looking at the OPS leaders in the NL, and Acuna's up there with his 25, what is it, 25 steals? Uh and nobody else, like in the top fifty in OPS in two. the league, has more than like fourteen. There's like one, yeah. of, one or two of the guys that have fourteen, and nobody even within else within ten yeah. of Acuna. He's different. Yeah, he's different, no doubt. All right, well, stay up late, folks. Brew that coffee because we got night games. Well, t- tomorrow's a day game. Tonight's a night game. And then on to Arizona, the Braves will have an off day. They all they're all got their tee times. There's quite a few of them are going to be playing golf in Arizona because it's a rare time where they're going there and the temperature is like 91 instead of 100. God, which 91 there is like 91, 91 there. People are wearing hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know Moilo's got uh, got uh, something worked out with somebody at Silverleaf. Is that the yeah? That's a big, that's a nice course. I don't know. I they're never staying played at golf. The Phoenician. They switched hotels. They've always stayed at that one right in Scottsdale. Yeah, it used to be a that used to be a uh, Ritz Carlton. A Ritz Carlton, then it changed to something else, and Bryce kept staying there. Well, they're they're, change, they're moving this time to the Phoenician, which is a beautiful resort. We had the yeah. we had the gym meetings there one year, so um, we'll see. They get a nice off day though before they take on. They haven't had one in a while. Yeah, and you need it, especially. I mean, that'll give them a chance to by that Arizona season, uh, series kind of be adjusted on sleep. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's not an excuse, and everybody in the league's got to do it, and you still got to play good in those games. But especially the ESPN game for me is just right. Not everybody in the league has to do that. That's no, the difference. That's no, the difference. No, I mean, you can complain about the West Coast all you want, but when you add in the getting in at three a.m. Pacific time, six a.m. your time, falling asleep probably by seven a.m. your time, and you're still going to wake up at probably ten a.m. your time, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's a debacle. I, I don't think. I think there's the league should do something where they just say, you know, if a team's going on a West Coast trip, you can't do it because it sucks when you stay on the East Coast. Right. I mean, how difficult is that for them to say ESPN? Okay, you have your choice of games, but you can't choose the game involving a team that's about to fly to the West Coast. That's not asking too much. No. No, if you're changing coast, you should be playing ESPN. They just kowtow that when everybody, when anybody pays that much for rights fees, they're like, you can do whatever the hell you want. I know, and that yeah, disrupts the integrity of the game. If 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 you're 
you know, that's like having a, that's like playing a, having a, a normal start at one on a Sunday and having it go 25 innings, you know, and then flying to the West Coast. Yep. Yeah. Like, these, like they have sleep. the Peacock and Apple TV games that are 10 a.m. Right. Those games mess you 11 up. 11 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. The Braves would have normally had a 1230 or one o'clock game on a Sunday and they would have been out here. You know, they would have left at 435 o'clock East Coast time. Game yep. the three hours coming out here. Like you said, had time to go to dinner out here. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I, I get I get a little – I lose a little sleep and I stumble over my words on a podcast. You know, it's like there's no way I can go hit 98. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk again – what is today? Tuesday? Yep. Monday. Nope, Tuesday. Yesterday was Memorial Day. Yeah, that blew mm-hmm. me off. Tuesday. Okay, we'll talk again at the end of the week. Maybe on the off day. Thursday or Friday. All right. Friday, because I'm flying on Thursday. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. 755 is real. We are out. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.